Hi, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Kelsey. We're into telling you stories. Sometimes funny, sometimes awkward, sometimes creepy or sad, but who knows? Every month it's different, but no matter what, you'll be asking yourself. Okay, WTF. Welcome, friends. Hi. Oh, hello. Hey, you. How you doing, Kelsey? Do you want the honest answer? Sure. <laughs> I want everything honest. Well, not doing so great, to be honest. I mean, okay, well, before I get into my not doing so great, what I will say is this is an episode, an interjection episode. Yeah, we should explain that, I guess, starting that this yeah. would be like your normal episode with two deeply <laughs> investigated and professionally and profoundly <laughs> life-changing stories <Totally. laughs> with uh, beautiful source material and art imagery and imagery <laughs> uh this is gonna be a little different um mm -hmm. we're changing it up for the holiday season a holiday special if you will yes yeah and so we're gonna be bringing to you something totally different essentially it's uh, a spin on i was today years old when so we're it's a lighthearted there's gonna be no presentation associated with it just a good little conversation, a nice little holiday break episode. Um, and then coming back in January in the new year, we'll be back to the normal episodes. But um, so that takes me to, <laughs> I'm not doing great. Um, and I mean, you know, in the US, the Thanksgiving holiday just happened and um, that was really nice. And, mm -hmm. and then uh, we had a very unexpected loss in my family the next day, my uncle Kevin, who was just the force of a human, like just an incredible person. So I am so grateful to you, Mike, for one, letting me talk about him a little bit today and also dedicating this episode to him and his just enormity and humanness. Of I course. I, I've met him um, a few times. Yeah. From what I met of him, I can tell that um, you carry his spark forward. So I'm happy to be here with you and I was happy to know him and I'm happy to learn more about him through you. Ah, I love it. And I, I mean, yeah, um, I'm so, I'm constantly so grateful for the amount of time I had with him and my aunt M um, and still get to have with my aunt M. Um, and I'm so grateful for the number of friends he was able to meet and impact yeah. as well. I've had numerous people reach out to me about him. He was like very musically inclined, a master craftsman, um, just hilarious, such a funny person with the most unique humor. So yeah, it's, it's an enormous loss. Uh, but I will also say that I am so grateful that two years ago, I purchased him a story worth, not sponsored subscription. <laughs> and that he did it um sometimes reluctantly but he did it and i will never not be happy that i did that because now i have that to cherish and i'm able to give that to family and friends um now and it just has so much of who he is in those pages and um his humor comes through and even one of the the things he talked about in that book was his favorite music yeah um and his favorite music is very eclectic it's all over the place um music was just such a big part of him and uh so 
my partner Patrick put together from that list in the book, put together a Spotify playlist called Uncle Kev. Um, maybe we can add it to the notes. I was about to say we should share it. Yeah. So can <clears throat> yeah. I agree. It's a great mix. I mean, I I'm not able as of this recording to listen to it, but because I just I yeah. need to be in a different headspace too, but I will. But just knowing the songs that are on there, oh my gosh, so great. So I hope people listen. And even if you didn't know him, just, you know, think about someone you do know and love, share the playlist, um, enjoy it, expand your music taste. He would love that for you because that's what he did. And yeah. Um, should I share my thing on work? Yeah, I think that would be or his thing. on. Okay. Before we kick this off. Um, I mean, I'm constantly thinking about my relationship with work and, I feel like we all are in this interesting world we live in where so much of our life is focused on work. And, you know, I, I just, I don't want to be a slave to work for my whole life. Um, and I know that most people don't, not in, not in that way. Um, not in but the I usual. do, Kelsey. No, you don't, you liar. Oh, whoops, <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> um. But one of the many things I loved about him was how he just lived his life and how he navigated, like, essentially a very corporate-run um, capitalistic society. Um, and he was able to kind of take control of what he wanted to do. I mean, very much supported by my Aunt M in that regard. Um, but when I opened the book, the Storyworth book, I got... I opened to the very end and it made me laugh so hard because it was, the question was, what is your best advice when it comes to work? And his response, I will read word for word, but it made me laugh so hard. And it also is just like such, so full of like advice behind the humor that, um, you know, I hope it helps someone. Uh, so he said, my best advice about work, don't do it. If you have to do it, do as little of it as damn possible. If you have to do more than a little, do something you like because it doesn't get better with age. It gets harder. Don't just do something for the money because it will kill you and your spirit dead. There you go. Short and sweet. Now go get a damn job you love and stop whining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uncle Kevin. We'll just kind of leave that there. And for now, um, thank you for letting me share and dedicating this to him. Um, and I hope people listen to the music, but... Uh, I think he would like this episode. I, I feel like it's full of just quirky things at this point. Um, you know, I chose five. I was today years old when you chose five. I did. Uh, so we're just going to go back and forth like, you know, tennis here. Just like sure. popping them off to each other, sharing them. Um, so do you want to start? I feel like I always start. Sure. I'll start this one. Oh, uh, let's see. Which one should I start with? Ooh. Oh, they're all over the place. Um, okay. I will start with this. I was today years old when I found out that there are two states in the United States that have official state toys. What? Yeah. No other states. 48 out of 50 said absolutely not. Um and the two that chose uh -oh. to have them, uh, Kansas okay. has the Etch-A-Sketch. Oh! 
and Mississippi, this is a weird one, claimed the teddy bear. Ooh. And I was kind of thinking, Mississippi, like, huh. is there any, like, Theodore Roosevelt things huh. with? Because that's, like, yeah. where teddy bear came from. I feel like that's not, I don't know, I feel like Washington State or, like, California. Or, like, Vermont. Or Vermont. Or the Burlington Bear Factory or whatever. Yeah, would be the teddy bear. So then I started thinking, like, well, what, if I had to guess for the other states, what would they be? <laughs> what would they be? And I thought we could have a discussion about that. Oh, man. Okay. What about Maine, Mike? Oh, man. It's got to be like a moose of some kind. Like a, <laughs> a stuffed moose. Or like a... I'm trying to think like a steak toy. Uh, um, for Maine. <sighs> a lobster. Uh, yeah, an animal. Like um, Or maybe it would... I say toy. Yeah, I know. Okay. uh, I know, like Vermont, maybe would be like, um, like a Lego bridge. Oh yeah. You know how they have all like the bridges and stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm focused on New England because this is where we hail from. But well, it's where we're familiar with. Yeah, like a Lego covered bridge. Yeah. Or something like that. That would be cool. New Hampshire would maybe be like (laughs) the Woobles, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Just because it's like knitting, crocheting. Yeah. quilting it's all like that's very new hampshire um yeah live for your wooble um massachusetts oh man what would we be like a i think it would be like something very it would be like a marble run or something like very technical technical kind of thing with like chimes or something globe but i I think I kind of feel like you're right. Like a marble run would be really interesting. Hmm. Think about like MIT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the Museum of Sciences, the, the yep. big marble run that's in there. Is really yeah. Cool. Huh. It's so interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> I that's wow. one of the things. That's one of I the things. I had no idea. And that's I would so love to random. hear from other audience members. Like mm-hmm. we're here from, where do you think? What do you think your state should be and why? Yeah. Do you agree with Kansas having the Etch-a-Sketch? Weird. And mm-hmm. Mississippi having the teddy bear? That seems wrong to me. I, I yeah. Think, I think Mississippi was like, oh, Kansas chose one, so I'm going to pick a really good one. Uh, was there no details at all on, like, what no. or why they chose it? That's so weird. No. Huh. So no. many questions. So many questions. No answers. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Can Massachusetts be a light bright? Ooh, how come? I don't know. It's very bright. It's a, the spirit of Massachusetts. It's the spirit of America. Okay, that's Lighting legit. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, I can I get like down that. with that. I like that. And plus, that's a cool toy. Yeah, it is a cool toy. I want one. Uh, oh my gosh, so cool. Huh? Now I'm like all thinking about it, but. Mm. Maine would That's be a so cabbage weird. patch kid. Oh my gosh! I think you're right. Of course it would. Maine would be. That's so kid. funny. Or like, yeah, yeah. The only other thing I can think about Maine is LL Bean. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh man, wild, absolutely wild. Well, I have one to share with you. Okay. 
I was today years old when I realized or learned that a jiffy is an actual unit of time. It's equivalent to one one hundredth of a second. That's really quick. I know, and I have some details for you. Tell me. So the term jiffy, um, it's kind of got an interesting, I guess, interesting history a little bit, but um, it was coined for physics. So it denoted initially the time it, it took for light to travel one centimeter into a vacuum. Okay. So, which um, I have as 33.3564 picoseconds or picoseconds, which is like really quick. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course it became colloquially used. Well, I guess the a physicist named Gilbert Newton Lewis in the early 20th century coined Jiffy. But then now of course, we just use it colloquially as meaning really fast. We're like, we'll be there in a jiffy, you know, like a really quick period of time. But I thought it was just like, like something to do with peanut butter, just like, <laughs> or just like, I don't know, just a stupid term, a silly term that we, you know, they, whatever. But now, it, cause it's used so casually, but I had no idea that it was actually a scientific thing. Yeah, no, that's pretty, like, it's, it reminds me of, um, a butt load is actually a unit of measurement. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A butt is is it for wine or something? Yeah, I think it is. And uh, yeah. It, like the exact butt. amounts or something. <laughs> I was like, a butt load? Yeah. Okay. A butt load of wine. Yeah. It's a lot of wine. Oh, it is a lot of wine. Can't get through that in a jiffy. <laughs> oh. oh. Mike, coming in. I just did a sentence. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, what you got for me? Okay, this one is weird. Uh, okay, perfect. It is. It doesn't have anything to do with the Roman Empire. We're not gonna do this whole thing. Okay, uh, but it does have to do with like ancient Italian provinces, like Pompeii and okay. areas. Uh, it is an ancient charm, and I'm gonna try and pronounce it correctly. It's a tintinabulum. Um, tintinabulum. Tintinabulum, and uh, <laughs> it was it's it is because they're in museums now. Um, it's usually like made out of bronze or some kind of metal, and uh, it's basically uh -oh. just this little guy. Sometimes this little guy, but with the biggest package you've ever seen, um, and there's just a crap An anatomical package. Oh, no, not like not to scale, like the package is bigger than the man. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I thought you were referencing like his package. And uh, like, I thought you were visually trying to say his. Pa and so anyway, ignore me. I mean, his <laughs> his penis is phallus. Um, oh, you weren't talking about yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And it's just covered in bells and basically what? people would hang them up. Uh, in Pompeii oh. and other areas around, like very, very okay. ancient Italy, to ward off evil spirits. Uh, oh. There are some. There are some that I saw. And if you want to Google this, you know, uh, safe <laughs> search, whatever you gotta do, not safe for work, kind of thing. <laughs> but there are some that are just like the penises, the peni, oh, but what? with like with, with wings on either side, like cupids uh, <laughs> that are trying to fly away, and they just like. There's like chains hanging with just a crap ton of bells. Uh, you got to look up a picture. It is, it's <laughs> phenomenal. Like I know where it comes from. Like 
not so much the phallus thing, but like chimes historically and yeah, yeah, yeah. ward off evil for many, many different cultures. Um, and I guess for some reason, someone was like, you know what this means? More manly manness. So, oh man, At- they literally. Chose that, literally. <laughs> uh, so feel free. That's my yeah. present or my holiday present. What a present to you. Thank you so much. I will definitely save search that yes. not on my work computer. <laughs> oh, fascinating. That is, I, I'm not sure that I would decorate with that, but I mean, you know, to each their own. It would be a centerpiece for sure. Like there's no way your eye would not catch it. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I have one that has nothing to do with human anatomy. Okay. But more like earth anatomy. <laughs> Uh, so, so geology or yeah kinda um i was today years old or recent years old when i learned that the world's largest desert is not the sahara no it's antarctica yes you do this yes and you didn't tell me i'm sorry um obviously it seems counterintuitive i i'm looking i am so lucky to have a photo shown to me right now of the imagery that Mike was just talking about uh, that will be now burned in my brain. Hold on, this um, it's so aggressive. It's such an aggressive statue. Oh, the blur is ruining it. Oh, but I there see it. Some I see it. So much better. Uh, I apologize. Uh, for no, please don't apologize. I I'm just like, I... I won't unsee it now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so be aware if you do decide to look for that, uh, you will, you will be um, overtaken by it. <laughs> and this is um, in memory of your uncle. <laughs> we love your uncle Kevin. He would laugh so hard at this. So, okay. so Antarctica. Yes, um, largest desert. Counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you usually think about a desert as hot, arid, etc. But I didn't know this, but a desert is actually based on low precipitation rather than yeah. high temperatures. Right. So obviously, um, Antarctica gets, I guess it gets less than 10 inches of rain a year. So very low precipitation. It has a cold climate, which typically we think about the desert, we think heat, mm-hmm. but it's more about dryness than temperature. Yep. So, so um, obviously very dry and that because of it's so cold the air holds like really little moisture so um also there are two types of deserts there's subtropical and polar um yeah. so we usually think sandy hot yeah uh, but of course polar deserts can also meet that criteria so antarctica falls is the largest polar desert um and it's just unique i guess that's part of it too is like it's one of the harshest climates on the planet and um because it's so arid and it's got such an interesting landscape, it's also classified as a desert. So I thought that was fascinating. It's so cool. I'm upset you didn't tell me. I'm sure I'm, many people knew about this, but not that, you yeah. know, it's it was one of those things. I think I read it in a book somewhere where it's like, did you know? I feel um, like you're gonna know my next one too. I'm nervous. Probably not. I'm nervous. Uh, I hear I'll do a, an aperitif with this one. Um, <laughs> okay. Did you know, Kelsey? You know, and you worked on a farm at yeah. your master's degree area. Yeah. Um, did they have goats? No, it was an organic um, fruit and vegetable farm. Okay. Well, if they did have goats, 
Yeah. You might have heard that researchers almost a decade ago found that uh, kids, baby goats that were raised together in the same pen, develop accents similar to their peers. So they start <laughs> out, they start out with their own like accent, and then they bah. hear their yeah, they hear their their peers bleeding, and they change their bleats to match theirs. So like. Uh, this was done in, I think it was in England, and they measured like all across the UK and even in like America. They're like, no, that goat accent is way different than what? that goat accent. And I just, I don't know. I guess I kind of, I would have never thought to think about that. Mm -hmm. But um, my niece, actually, who's about to be done with college, she just recently did. Um, a study about how birds have mm. like vernacular um and so i kind of went down a rabbit hole of do <laughs> other animals have it and i found this goat one and i found it fantastic that's interesting uh and speaking of birds there's a really did i tell you about the substack called screech of the week yes Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Anyway, I won't derail us with that. But yeah, animals are super interesting in that regard. Like communication style, people really just don't give them enough credit. Exactly. Really wild. Well, my next one. You're probably okay. going to know this. Oh man. The anatomy of the of language here. <laughs> um, do you know what the little dot over the I and J is called? Yeah, you know. I've heard it. Um Yeah. I can't remember it off the tip of my tongue. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Well, Please. I was today years old, Mike, when I discovered the dot over an I or a J is called a tittle. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yep. And yeah. essentially what it means is a small distinguishing mark. Like, and it's associated with, you know, writing systems. And um, it came about uh with latin predominantly mm -hmm. the latin alphabet but um it just means like the the word tittle itself uh, like uh, etymology wise comes from old english middle english and it just means a small stroke or a point in writing and so it's been used as a diacritical mark essentially um mm -hmm. or a small mark in, in lots of languages but um i just think it's it's funny it is hysterical <laughs> Uh, here's a bonus point uh -oh. off of off of that point. Yeah. I learned last weekend um, that there are actual names for you. So uh, we're doing this on Google Meet. Next to the hang up button, you see the three dots that are vertical. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the don't tell me the um, kebab. Kebab, yes. Right. And there's another yeah. one, it's like a bird. The hamburger. The hamburger. Yep. So yeah. when I worked at McDonald's, how challenging was it to label the quote unquote hamburger menu when you were a hamburger company? Because oh, it would also confuse someone who was using a screen reader to think that that was the actual hamburger, hamburger menu. menu. So you had right. to yeah. not name it that. So, oh my God. Yeah. So what did you have to name it? I think it was just menu. Um, but I honestly don't remember. Um, okay. But I just, things like that that I think about where I'm like, oh my gosh. But yes, they have names. It's amazing. I never knew that. I amazing. just used to call them ellipses because that's. Yeah, an upside down ellipse. Yeah. Yeah. There's another name for it too. 
the hamburger menu, the kebab, um, and then there's another one. If it comes to me, I will I will say it. But oh my gosh, all night you'll just scream it out. Yeah, and Pat's gonna be like, uh oh, <laughs> what now, Kelsey? <laughs> uh, what a journey! <laughs> what a journey! It's been a week for him. I feel so bad, but now I'm gonna be screaming out food in the middle of the night, referencing technology. You know, nothing hey, makes sense. Nothing's it, real. Nothing's real. Um, that sounds like fun to me. But what do uh, I matter? I'll just scream eggnog in the middle of the night so you can uh, feel better. Cheers. Eggnog. My, my wine glass of eggnog right here accompanying me on this episode today. My carafe of Diet Coke. It's actually just <laughs> a can, it. but I want to be fancy. Um, you are fancy. Okay, so that was three each. And a bonus one. So yeah. is it back to me, Molly. It's bad it's back, back to, to me. The birdie. Yeah, I hit the ball right back to him. All right. On yep. On your side. Here's another animal one. Oh no. Oh my god, the last the last three are animal ones. Ooh. Uh, okay. This is about ants. Okay. Uh, so when we think about farming, agriculture, animal husbandry, mm. we think, you know, human. Um, 12,000-ish years ago. Mm. Uh, but did you know, Kelsey, that ants not. have been developing farming and animal husbandry techniques for around 6 million years? Um, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So you have you ever heard of a, a leafcutter ant? Have you ever heard of them? No. Okay, so they uh, these are primarily... Uh, dealing with ants that are in South America, so in the rainforest mm. and stuff like that. Maybe some in Africa too. Um, but they they chop up like little pieces of leaf, and a lot mm. of people think that they just take the leaf back to their their commune and they home. Uh, so people just thought that that was like their food. No, mm. what they do is they they have developed and co-evolved with a specific type of fungus. And each what? ant colony, each ant colony has a different strain uh. of this fungus, where they feed the leaf bits to the fungus, and what the ants what? actually eat <laughs> is the like the residue from the fungus. So they, uh. but the fungus itself can't survive without the ants <laughs> bringing them because oh, they have been so okay. far removed from their environment they're in like a closed almost like yeah um where this is the only place this type of fungus can evolve and it's kind of like you know how um families will share like sourdough starter um yeah so when a new queen is born she takes a bit of that fungus and goes to another colony and uh, like forms her own colony using a piece of that fungus and grows it um but you don't have to go terribly you don't have to go to south america to see ants doing stuff like this so animal husbandry uh, you can see it in your own backyard if you Uh have a problem in your flowers or plants with aphids Mm. um, a lot Mm. of times you'll see ants like corralling them around and basically Mm -hmm. moving them to certain areas for better feeding because they sip on honeydew which is a little like droplets mm-hmm. that come out of the aphids basically butt um so <laughs> ants, amazing ants drink butt juice um, okay. but apparently Someone's it's got really it again. good so <laughs> uh but i didn't know it was 60 million years ago um, wow. that, they, that they started co-evolving and developing these technologies um so 
Animals are incredible. Yeah. Insects are incredible. They really are. That's that's really weird and wild. <laughs> I love that they're just like shrooming out though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Ugh. I'm learning all the today years old. I don't know the ones that you're telling. And <laughs> so I'm learning something. But I would like to tell you, Uh-oh. unless you know this already, which you probably um... do. I was today years old when I found out that the shortest war in history was between Britain and Zanzibar. Did you know this? Oh, Michael. Is this the one where they basically stayed like just outside of their firing range because Zanzibar couldn't send their missiles far enough away from where the British fleet was? Or was that a different one that I'm thinking about? It it might be be different because i didn't see that part of it or maybe that was part of it but the reason behind it was something i learned but it was essentially it happened in 1896 and the war itself lasted 38 minutes okay <laughs> yes so uh, this is so a different one. yeah okay it's known as the anglo-zanzibar war um august 27th 1896 between the UK and the Sultanate of Zanzibar. It basically, like, there is, um, how do I explain this? <laughs> Zanzibar wanted to, well, there's a succession dispute, I guess we'll put it that way. Um, and there's a pro-British Sultan initially as part of Zanzibar who passed away and then the successor to the one who passed away refused to recognize, you know, any British supported candidates or, or British in general. And so it led to this conflict. Um, and there was an ultimatum for this guy to step down. Uh, the ultimatum passed. They didn't comply. The new Zanzibar person didn't step down. And so the British obviously took action. Um, so it was like 9 a.m., I guess, British warships showed up, began bombarding the Sultan's palace um, and, you know, were there to confront Zanzibar's forces. Uh, but the fighting just was 38 minutes um, because it was so brief um, and the British forces overwhelmed Zanzibar's, you know, at the time very poorly equipped and outnumbered defenders. So um, the Khalid, the successor um took refuge in a consulate um and ultimately just ended the war because um britain still reigned over zanzibar which is you know is what it is um but it eventually did gain independence i mean much later so zanzibar uh the island itself uh, in 1963 got independence but it was clearly like a, a very strange historical event 38 minutes uh wild wild i had no idea i i i assume wars last a long yeah. time yeah this... for something to seem to be declared a war it seems like it needs yeah. to last like months to a year or more yeah it, i feel like, like this would be aptly like appropriately named like a conflict i'm conflict. not sure yeah yeah but i'd never heard about it before so i thought that was really interesting um yeah so the Anglo-Zanzibar War of, okay. what was it, 1896? Very good. You're welcome. 
when I think of Zanzibar, I can't help but think of Tenacious D. Um, Tenacious D. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Jack, Tell me. Jack Black, um, the actor, he's in a band yeah. with Kyle Goss. The name is Tenacious D. There's a song uh, that we can't play uh, because uh, it's explicit. Um, but one of the lyrics is, I'm not going to cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. Um, oh. That's all I can think about. Uh, interesting what was it what were they trying to cook is it Uh, bad uh, (laughs) it's okay no it's not bad Um, it's just about two people who love Uh each other very much okay okay say no more Michael kind of thing (laughs) and and the male partner uh, or this partner is just very excited and is happy to do whatever (laughs) If that okay. includes cooking or getting your favorite meal before anything happens, okay, okay. He may, they may or may not cook it, but they definitely will order it from Zanzibar. Thank you for that explanation, Mike. That very uh, PG explanation. Yes, yes. They're just wrestling. <laughs> I'm dying. Okay. Okay. So for my last one, I actually yeah. have to blame you. Okay, I'm scared. Uh, because it has to do with one of our previous episodes. Or it's like, oh. it's related to About one animals. of our previous. Yes. Huh. Um, so it's kind of like a Venn diagram of a perfect storm for me, uh, which is knowledge <laughs> I just gained and also culture and folkloric things that hmm. happen together. Um, so have you ever heard of a Welsh tradition called the Mary Lloyd um, and it's a people don't know where it really got its start it became okay. super popular in the 18th and 19th century mm. um, and it's really popular in southern Wales basically what happens is around this time of year so mm-hmm. like, um, traditionally around like Christmas time New Year's Eve um, the colder months uh, for about a two or up to six week period, uh, okay. there are a group of men. <laughs> that, well, this sounds terrible, uh, but it's actually not that bad. Okay. Uh, one dresses up very fancy like. Mm-hmm. Uh, one might dress up as a character named Judy. Uh, okay. One might dress up as, uh, I forget what the other name of the character is, but basically they like, we're little scamps and we're going to cause problems. And then one person is dressed up, uh, like covered in a sheet. Usually it's white and they okay. have a, they have a pole and on this pole is mounted a skull of a horse. And it's usually like with a veil um, and all the flowers flowers and it has mm-hmm. the bells and streamers um yep so it's a, a wassailing tradition uh so they go around to people's houses um and it's like a it's a really interesting call and response um kind of thing where um basically they go around and because of the bells and the jingling and usually they're pretty drunk or raucous <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's kind of the goal. Uh, the people inside the house can hear them coming, so they start singing a particular verse, being like, oh no, did you lock the door? Close the windows, <laughs> because here they come. I'll, I'll share 
um, a link to uh, there's a BBC video of uh, the please the do 1960s of a traditional one, um, and it's pretty <laughs> tame, but uh, you apparently they get like really out of hand, uh, so it can go on for like hours. Of oh my gosh! So the house will sing, and basically saying like you're not getting in here, and then <laughs> the group of men will be like will sing in response like give us food <laughs> we want drink and it's just like back and forth and back and forth what? And back, and back and forth and then once the house has no more responses to sing then they have to open the doors and let them in give them food uh drink and when they're inside they do like this the horse which is the mary lloyd um does this like weird dance like throughout the house um the judy character like uh puts out the fire and just like cleans the hearth and yeah. it's some kind of like fertility dances is okay. it gets into but they're trying to like they scare the adults and the children but it's all in good fun kind of thing hey. it's kind of like blessing the house um for the new year um, and there is such there's a debate about like does this come from ancient like Celtic um, mm. uh, Welsh traditions or does this have anything to do with like the Virgin Mary because it's Mary Lloyd mm -hmm. uh, but both of them are kind of like no it's not no it's not so it's kind of <laughs> like a mixture of both that came together and it's really only in southern Wales and it follows um wherever there were mines like coal mines or or any other type huh. of minerals, wherever those were that's where these traditions pop up um but there are other traditions in throughout the uk uh mm -hmm. not of mary lloyd that is a very welsh tradition but there's one called um obby os uh, oh. which is basically hobby horse but without the ages <laughs> um and it's uh in south east England, I want to say, and they do basically the same thing, but it's um, a goat instead of a horse, and okay. they go around. So, I all I could think about was like these damn hobby horses. <laughs> yeah, it's basically that. Oh, and the follow up to that, remember oh, no. how I was like, I know I had a hobby horse. Yeah. Okay, its name was Buster. My oh, mom my made it. I Amazing. did, in fact, have it. It was exactly as described. It lived in my house for a very long time, but has no, it no longer lives there, which is so sad. It is gone. Um, but gone there but are probably, forgotten. yes, gone but not forgotten. I remember it very vividly, and I know my mom is going to look for pictures. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I thought of it. No, when we get them, we need to update. Things. Oh, yeah, we yeah. will. And rest in peace buster my mom worked really hard on that love you mom um but man yeah so that's wild though <laughs> um does it still happen today or are you saying yeah. like this oh no it wow. still happens there was like huh. the biggest ever gathering in the year 2000 oh. but it still <laughs> happens to this day um so like, i want to find I want to, yeah, I want to find more modern versions because apparently mm -hmm. that's when like people are like, woo, crazy. The BBC one is like, hello, we're Welsh and we're doing this very traditional thing. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Oh, uh, please send that to me though. 
and yes. then we have to find out where this is happening <laughs> and yeah. if it is so we'll, we'll need to travel to uh South I, wales i will i'll do an airbnb and hopefully just then pray that they arrive perfect <laughs> and i'll just be shouting things at them because i don't know what to say they will have to accept it i don't know welsh <laughs> so <laughs> i apologize if i mispronounce even Marie Lloyd, but i i <laughs> I was on like the how do you pronounce website and I watched like yeah. YouTube videos trying to absorb it uh, today, yeah. this morning, since I only found yeah. out about it last night. Um, ah! oh I'd God. seen the term before, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, yeah. And I'd seen like the face of a horse skull before. Yeah. yeah. Really sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. So wild. Well, my last one is not as interesting and I 100% know you're going to know this one. Pat knew this one. I'll pretend. Um, no, don't pretend. I'll, I'll see right through you. Um, it's just how much, how little knowledge I have comparatively, but here we are. I was today or yesterday years old <laughs> when I discovered that there are more possible iterations of a game of chess than there are atoms in the observable universe. I did not know that. You didn't know this? Okay. I still do not know that. It's it's related to something called the Shannon number, which um, someone named Claude Shannon uh, estimated the complexity of chess, like essentially made a game tree estimate of the game of chess. Um, and he himself was a mathematician and an electrical engineer. Um, and uh, I thought it was really interesting, but he was known as the father of modern digital communication and information theory, which was fascinating. But it's so the Shannon number, which is named after him, obviously represents the maximum number of possible chess games. And it's an estimation based on a calculation of the average branching factor or essentially the average number of legal moves per position on the chessboard okay. and an average of the game length itself. So the exact value of this number is not fixed and it could be based uh, like, you know, subject to change based on um, like new algorithms. Like if suddenly the averages changed or something like mm -hmm. suddenly the game became X number of hours longer or something, but um, it's an astronomical figure. So the, the, I do not know how to stay this number um because it's not it's so big that it can't be said like a normal number it's like in like math yeah visuals so maybe we just post it but essentially it's uh slash parentheses 10 to the fancy parentheses 120th and fancy parentheses slash end parentheses uh and that number is pretty big <laughs> so it's basically impossible to compute or analyze every possible move and position within the game but i guess all i should say it's there are infinite vast possibilities for the game of chess um and apparently more than the observable number of at or number of atoms in the observable universe that's insane wild i know you didn't know this no i didn't know that the, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fascinating. I just, I mean, you gave us two extra ones. I only had five. You gave us but five were, plus two bonus. They were bonus. They were point. <laughs> they were slash parentheses point zero. <laughs> like to zero, the two millionth fancy, fancy bracket zero. 
Yeah. What is the fancy bracket called? I'd be today years old when I. Are you talking about the uh, Alfred Hitchcock bracket or the? Is that the one I was talking about? The one with like the little doo doo loop. Yeah, I call them Alfred Hitchcocks, but they're probably not correct. I mean, why do you call it that? Uh, so Alfred Hitchcock movies in the beginning they usually show like a silhouette of his face. He's got a very like noticeable silhouette, and it kind of follows the curvature of those brackets. Interesting. I love that. Another. Mm. I was two years old when. But yeah. (laughs) Fine. Well, I mean. This was a fun episode to do. Nice little holiday adventure here. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun, festive holiday adventure. Festive. We need festive. to do something different. Maybe we'll do mini episodes focused on, I was today years old when, because I feel like I'm constantly learning just bizarre things. Um, yeah, it happens in the course of us doing our regular shows. Yeah. I'm going to keep falling down this rabbit hole. And then, yeah, and then it I don't know what to, to do with that information. I just put it yeah. over to the side. Like, I'll get yeah. to there eventually. <laughs> Someday I'll come back to this or need this. And mm-hmm. here's here's when, Mike. Yay. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if you liked this, tell us. Tell us where, though, Mike. Where can people find us? Uh, people could find us if they're going to, like, social media. They could find us at OKWTF Podcast. Um, at all of the major social media networks, except for <laughs> threads and X slash Twitter, um, because why? No Facebook. No Facebook, Facebook. for us. Yeah, so basically it. Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I said. That's more condensed than what I said. Uh, they could also go to www.okwtfpodcast.com and find out some information there. Sweet. Our RSS feed is there if you're not a podcaster on a traditional platform. Mm-hmm. So you can find that. And you can also just tell us you were today years old when. Submit something to us. Let us know. Yeah. Send us an email at hello at okwtfpodcast.com. Um and we're just so grateful that you're listening and we hope that you have happy, healthy holiday season or that if you're having a grief-filled holiday season that you are surrounded by people and things and whatever that you love and that you go outside and stand in the sun, hug a human, look at a plant, pet a cat, whatever feels good. Um, but I'm just lucky to have amazing friends like Mike and Amber and all the people. So uh, thank you, Mike, for this joyous moment in time we are happy to be here and thank you for being in our lives and thank you uncle kevin thank we you love you yeah until next time we'll see you around lady are you crying do the tears belong to me you think our time together was all gone? Lady, you've been dreaming. I'm as close as I can be. And I swear to you, our time has just begun.
Close your eyes and rest your weary I promise I will stay right here beside you. Today our lives were joined, became entwined. I wish that you could know how much I love you. Yeah. 